Welcome to the Iceman, a podcast presented by Tuned Up Custom Rods. Right on the mark, John. I didn't look at this time. Yeah, you See, just, I didn't give you the five count this time. I didn't count shit. You just nailed it. No, I, or, yeah. I don't know. I never can hit the mark. <laughs> you did it you this just time. just got to give me a thumbs up. I don't understand the five, four, three, two, one. Counting is hard. I know, especially when it's backwards. Yeah, backwards counting. That's not easy. Well, welcome, Jeez. John. Welcome, Dan. Guess what? We have a guest. We in, do. In the shop. Well, uh, also welcome, Tommy. Oh, oh yeah. Thanks. Hey, Sorry, Tommy. Tommy. Good to see you. Thank no, you, we're super man. excited. Jenny, Jenny Hello. Anderson, also known as Girl of 10,000 Lakes on mm-hmm. Instagram and Facebook and probably oh. other places. All of the things, yeah. All of the, all of the socials. Yep. Well, welcome. Thank, Thank you for you. being here tonight. I know. You guys are such a riot. I'm <laughs> I feel like I'm in for a treat here. <laughs> well, it's going to definitely be people talking weird, so okay. if, you're, say, if you're ready for that. A, a treat, that's, uh, that might be the most... Uh, flattering thing anyone's ever said for Bubba. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so I was super excited to get to meet you finally at the St. Paul show a couple weeks ago. Or was it last week? How long ago was that? Two weeks ago. Two right? weeks ago already now? Right? No. It was right. Like Ten days? Nine days ago, I think. Okay. Whatever. It was Almost. like 167 hours and 55 Now is that nine days from when the show comes out or is it nine days ago today while we're recording? What, it's all on you now, Tom. <laughs> if you can get it done tonight. I just know it was about 180 rods ago. Okay. Me. That there sounds about right. <laughs> Well, for me, it was also nice to get the chance to meet you because I've been following you on, on Instagram for a while and, and I've been watching the process of your book writing. Yeah. So you've got the new book that you came out with, One, Two, Three Ice Fishing, which I think is awesome. I've got a couple little kids. I'm an elementary school teacher. So anytime you can have anything literature based and then have it be about ice fishing or fishing in general, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was a way better book than a lot of the kids' stories that I read to my kids. John knew, John knew most of the words in yeah. that. I mean, the, the, the first three words were pretty tough, the one and the two and the three. We, we, know, we just established you don't do well with counting. You know what? Adults learn a lot, too, from this book is what, is what I've heard. I mean, when people were at the St. Paul Ice Fishing Show, these old dudes, you know, old you know, grandpas who want to buy yeah. this for their grandchild, they'd come over and they'd joke and say, I got this for you, Fred so that you can learn how to count. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, introducing this book to an audience of children who are the toughest critics, of course, Mm -hmm. and then parents and grandparents who love ice fishing. And I've just really received some positive feedback and I'm glad it's out there in the universe because this was like my goal uh, for a while now was to publish a book and not only that, but do one that like makes an impact on um, kids and families and talking about something that I'm passionate about, which is ice fishing. Yeah. So when you when you wrote it, did you know that you wanted it to be pretty specifically aged to the age of your own kids? Because it's pretty much geared to the same age level of your own children, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was inspired by our fishing trips with my son, and he was probably like 10 months old at the time when I wrote it. So it was pretty early on. Um, and very basic trying to teach him the terminology like auger and fishing rods and heater and all these you know equipment that we use um, every time we go ice fishing so yeah geared towards the young young ones ages infant to like five years old um kids who really don't know about ice fishing um or even adults they they mm-hmm. have actually found it helpful because they're like okay i always wondered what that you know what that thing you drill the ice with is called and they're like okay now i know it's an auger <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like it's uh, is it called a flip book i mean i don't know exactly the term for it flip book right i've heard flip flip book lift the flat, flat book. lift the flat book yeah oh i was gonna say yeah that would book. be more of the yeah because flip book it makes me think of like uh like those old cartoon things where you make yeah, you know the, what I'm talking about? yeah. The little cartoons moving yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I think it is lift the flap. I think that's the correct one. Someone should do a flip book on ice fishing, though. You know? Like a little animated. Well, you've yeah. got you've got a, a lead into the publishing oh, yeah. world okay. now. <laughs> I might claim that idea. There you go. <laughs> just bleep that part out, Tom. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're not talking about that anymore. <laughs> just trademark this before I uh, before I uh, release tomorrow. You'll be good. No, it was uh, it was really exciting to get to see that and you get to see it in person. I took it home and gave it to my uh, nephew. And he was super excited. I gave it to. Um, Tommy to Henry and oh. Vinny. Oh, nice. Henry and Vinny. So we've got my brother has four little boys. Okay, how old are they? So the the youngest two are three and four. I'm guessing. Yeah, they're right about that same age. I don't know how exactly old they are. There's four of them. But yeah, they were super excited. They were grabbing it and they're like, oh, ice fishing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it's it's it it hit the mark. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean that's like the goal is to have these kids interested and excited because they've they've seen this stuff before it's in their parents garage and they've helped you know load the sled and that sort of thing so now they can actually like look through the pictures and uh you know say this is a northern pike or this is a bass or a perch and then they'll go out onto the ice see this fish that their parents catch or they catch for the first time and say hey that's a crappie yeah yeah that's very cool i gave mine to my nephew too so did you yeah i mean it's just all the kids books out there it's like the same Berenstein Bears and crap it's I like, mean don't knock the Berenstein Bears I'm, but I'm saying I've read the Berenstein Bears probably legitimately a thousand times it was a great TV show too I don't remember Luke agrees <laughs> he's nodding back there I do not remember the TV show the Berenstein Bears oh you gotta go back it's yeah, a good one I wasn't that old it was when your kids were young I guess your kids may be too young yeah my kids that's are what it was five and eight did the kids do Handy Manny what? No. You didn't do Handy Manny? Yeah, no. poor Handy Manny. Luke, you, your kids are all about Handy Manny, weren't they? Handy Manny? Oh, yeah. We were, we were Bob the Builder. Handy Manny was Fez from uh, that 70s show. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a great show. Anyways, we're getting way off top. Way off top. He's asking people questions that are not even on the microphone. He's like, what? What's that? I just need some sort of approval. Back me up, guys. Back me up. <laughs> Luke's got me. Luke's got me back there. Did you watch the Fonz, too? I mean, was that a... I mean, of course I watched The Fonz, but it wasn't called The Fonz. What was the show called? Happy Days. There, there you go. go. Okay, good. But I watched it on like reruns on MeTV. Well, yeah, I mean, I wasn't alive when it was, I was just not sure. airing live. I was just making sure. Was I? <laughs> was that the... Probably like towards the end. Yeah, the very end of it. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, Jenny, we get a little bit off traffic <laughs> oh, here. Oh, boy. <laughs> She's just a like wide-eyed, like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> I thought we were talking about books. We went <laughs> no. to Happy Days in the Fonz. No, this is great. I mean, I, I partied with Happy Days, I think. There you go. Because I, I was born in 89. So I remember well, watching it as a yeah. kid on Nick at Night. There you go. Not too far off. Yeah. What were you? 85. Oh, yeah. So you guys are close. Yeah. Closer. Oh, Luke, quit looking at us like you're... We know you're old, bud. We know you're old. <laughs> the 40s were a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the 80s, too. I'm from 1980. This guy's from the 70s. <laughs> you just barely jumped over the, that hump. I got the whole decade. Yeah. Got the whole decade. <laughs> so I thought it has been a lot of fun, though, to watch your, your stories, your Instagram stories, going through the process of the book development. And then also yeah. just is really neat how much you involve your kids in the fishing. It's your son, especially, he's on quite a bit of the trips with you. Yeah, he's, uh, he's two and a half now, and he's gone fishing a handful of times. Actually, like when he was born, I remember like week two, I think, I was just cabin fever, hardcore. Like I was stuck in a hospital bed. Now I'm stuck at home in bed, and I need to get out of here. So we went to the cabin, went fishing when he was two weeks old. I had him like next to me on the dock, and it was great. I caught a walleye. 
it was just like, okay, I'm back at home. <laughs> yes. Not quite ice fishing though. It was, I was going to say uh, ice fishing in a baby t- t- makes me a little nervous. I don't know why. Uh, like, I, well, I had an experience when I was a kid. I remember my cousin getting yelled at from his wife. He brought his, I mean, the kid must have been a month old, out in the baby rocker. Yeah. And he mounted a rod holder to the baby rocker. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Stu- stuck his baby carrier on the top of the clam bar, and he would just hit the rocker. He goes, it's the best jigging motion ever. That's oh amazing. I'm like, yeah, but you're on the St. Croix. Well, like, I mean, if you're going to be unsafe <laughs> ice, like, then it's unsafe. But Yeah, I was like, I, I mean, I can see why your wife's yelling at you. Yeah, legit. I mean, I can see that too. Okay, I think I maybe, but like, if you're, you know, it's like January, February, and you're on some like twelve inch ice, consistently good ice, and not like sketchy ice, I could see that. My my wife would have been mad though. But infant is the perfect time to do it. It is. They can't move. They just sleep. Yeah, yeah, and they can't fall through the hole. I mean, like, I mean, you can't months. That would be a problem. If you drop them through the (laughs) hole, yeah, that would be a whole different problem. That, yeah. Don't drop kids through holes. That's yes. That's warning. wonderful advice. <laughs> My wife made me try to shove Ben down a hole to see if he could fit. Could he? No, no. It's impossible. <laughs> How He's old is he? Eight. Okay. She's like, he can fit through a hole. Make an eight-inch hole. He can't fit through. He can barely fit a boot in there. All of my kids have gotten wet. Yeah, my son lost. fell in. He fell through the ice last year, screwing around late ice, and then he. Dumped. I believe he was driving the four wheeler for you. No, that was a different time, but he he was the ice had thawed out like fifty yards, but then it got cold, so it refroze. And he's like, "Dad, we can get out there." So he walks out there, and he's like, "What's all the ice making noise and bowing?" I'm like, "You're gonna fall in." He's like, "No, I'm not." And he slips, falls in right on his back, and like oh. he only fell into like two feet of water, but he got soaked. Oh. And he's like, "I can't believe I fell in." I'm like, "That's why you have to be respectful <laughs> of ice. Even like late season could be so much more dangerous than." You know, the early part of the season, too. And then he did stick his foot down a hole. Well, actually, he was trying to go to the bathroom and walked behind the house and just dumped a boot in. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's kids do that. Yeah. Yep. Always bring an extra pair of boots. Yep. It's going to happen. Yeah. He went, uh, I mean, he went deep, like all the way to the crotch. So he his whole oh. leg was wet. I'm like, how did you fall in that much? He's like, it really hurt. Ouch. <laughs> it kid. really hurt. Well, but he, he went back, though. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a Polaroid picture of the four of us when we were little kids, and our dad took us out at a, at a rental. In, Waconia. Yeah. Was, was it Waconia? It was Waconia. Sure? Yep. And they had, like, 10-inch holes drilled, and Mickey, the number three brother, was probably, like, three or four, and he went through up to his waist, both legs, like, almost went through. Oh. See, and then that, my dad uh, freaked out, yeah, tried that, to get him out. Knocked the lantern over. That's right. Broke the lantern. <laughs> yep. Almost started a fire. That, oh, my gosh. That was the end of that trip. That was the end. And then we had to go home. Legit lantern. <laughs> I couldn't imagine bringing three young kids. No, four. 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 Oh, my gosh. There's nope. four of us in five years. So how many kids do you have? I have two. So you have, yeah, you have one that's... One that's two and a half, one that's 10 months old. Both have gone ice fishing. So I was going to say, like, after Juniper was born... uh in like within three weeks we were ice fishing on uh what was it lake minnetonka okay we had a fish house out there already so like you know i'd wait in the car my husband would go in crank up the heat get it all nice and toasty and then my son my daughter and i would come in and start fishing and it was great i was like this baby's just sitting there sleeping the whole time like we probably could sleep out here if we wanted to but i mean it's so close we just go home after the end of the the night yeah, one talk is my favorite with kids and fishing. Like, I mean, you got to make it real enjoyable and short trips. Yeah. Oh, there oh. it is. <laughs> There's Cute. the picture, 1986. 
So, no, you told the story wrong because it's not Mickey who fell through. It was Mickey that fell through, but Johnny... It looks like something else happened to Johnny. <laughs> I think so. Oh, oh that's adorable. Is, that's inside a fish house. Yep. Yeah. That just says delete photo. Oh, Don't delete it. Don't delete it. You just got to figure out which one... Uh, Mickey's the one in the flannel. Mickey's the one in the flannel. Maybe it was Johnny. I think... Because well, Johnny has the soaking wet pants in that picture, but I thought we bailed as soon as the, the, the fall through happened. It was like, get in the car, we're going home. That's awesome. Yeah. I have no pictures of myself when I was little, ever like ice fishing. No, that's a legit Polaroid. I love that. Actually, that's we started doing that. We have a Polaroid in our fish house, so like every time someone catches a fish, we're taking a picture of it that's on awesome. the Polaroid and then putting it on the wall. What's well, something different about a Polaroid? When I was a kid, like having a Polaroid picture on the the fish board because so I grew up in my grandparents owned a resort and then they bought a big cabin on Upper Cullen and we'd all go up there and then you'd put po- pictures of fish on the fishboard and it was always a cool thing to have a polaroid up there with the date and but now no one prints pictures like you can buy there's new polaroids yeah well i'm sure there is they're pretty legit and they're do you have the sticky kind Mm, no not the sticky kind but it's like that one that prints out the narrow way you know sure it's like more vertical looking so it looks more normal modern i guess i don't know no i know what you're talking about it's it's a smaller profile camera Mm -hmm. yeah no they're cool we got one for cure for a birthday really Immediately broke it. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, I can't imagine why, Dan. Yeah, well, it happens. It wasn't me. I didn't break it. Oh. Kira broke it. I do not believe you. <laughs> you think I'm the one who broke it? Yeah, absolutely. Come on. I'm going to call Kira right now. Text. Oh. Yeah. I, I would text. Yeah, whatever. How long has your book been out? Uh, it's actually been out for, so this is the second year. Second year. But So one year. Yeah. Has, has it gotten any reach outside of like non-ice fishing areas? Yes, Florida, uh, California, um, Arizona, Nevada. I mean, I'm sure there's like some ice fishing in like, I don't know, maybe the mountains. I don't. I have no idea. Is there ice fishing in Arizona? Probably not. <laughs> or Nevada? There is in Idaho. Yeah, there's quite a bit of Idaho. Yeah. Does Northern California maybe? Maybe. I think I've heard like in the mountains. Maybe I don't know. Texas ice fish last year, so it's all that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Upper New York is really big in ice fishing. Yep. So but they're like two decades behind us. So this book would absolutely be great. If you go up there, it's like you walk into a time warp. It's really strange. What do you mean? Like they don't have the company's reach, like Vexlar and Markham and Hummingbird. They don't go out of this area. Oh. So you go there and they're like, they have gas augers and you're like, what are you, what are you doing with a gas auger? They're like, we just got these. They're great. And I'm like... <laughs> Those are Strike Master rejects from three years ago. <laughs> like they just shipped them over, to, but they're they're just they're a little like they don't have the the marketing yeah. push behind everything. They just don't have the oh, the technology. Okay. It's, it's Ohio's like that too. Well, there aren't really big communities in that area. No, in I, the ice fishing area, at least. I mean, it's like when you drive up to Canada, the cer- certain parts of Canada, it's very different than our ice fishing style. Like they just they don't have tents they don't have hubs they don't have anything they just go out and with a little cart and chip a hole in the ice and catch lakers yeah like fish houses are a foreign concept to them like very very ice castles and yetis are like what is that yeah or even just like a, a flip over like we've never seen oh, yeah. that is like, it mostly because there's it's not really drivable so they're going out on sleds and or they're walking probably or their season's so much shorter in canada no well the certain parts of canada seasons are shorter but canada just i think it's the snow the amount of snow they have up there, it's hard to take stuff with. In some places, it's less of a hobby and more of a 
a, a substance. You're, you're getting food. Yeah. So they take a snowmobile and you catch your, your three lake trout and you're done and you go home. Three monster lake trout. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. The lake trout are not like ours where, you know, ours you fry up and three I've lake I've never trout. lake trout fished. It's so fun. It's so much fun. I don't. I think it's the. What best. are your technical specs on lake trout, Jenny? Yeah, <laughs> exactly the question I want to answer. <laughs> What's the, sorry, I had to be a bit of a jerk. I think Dan, no, that was right, you. right on here, section R. She said no technical <laughs> questions about the spoon size on lake trout. No, I'm not giving away all my secrets, yeah. uh, but I do love lake trout. Like up in the Boundary Waters area, so fun, and it's like. No one's around you, literally zero people. <laughs> so it's like you have this entire lake to yourself, hand augers. Um, I mean, you can bring your Vexilar, but like the hand augers make it, makes it feel kind of like more work. And you, Old you're, fashioned. you're yeah. obviously like hiking in a mile or two. Because it has to be, you can't use gas, is that, or you can't use any power? On yeah, the right. No gas augers, no electric augers even. So, and they want it to feel like peaceful. You know, they don't want the sound of augers and motors. I, yeah, I'd, be, I'd, I'd, I'd struggle without, I mean, I wouldn't be able to punch 40 holes. I could, but I, you, you guys went up for that, for the ideal photo shoot. Where, where were you? Was uh, that in, we Minnesota? went to Crawford's camp. Which, I don't know well, which one? The one that where all, most of our pictures came from, from the website. Uh, that was Crawford's camp in Canada. And that was, is that Lake, that was Lake Trout. I mean, you were fishing. Lake yeah, that Lake was, Trout. but that's Sioux Narrows. So it's, I mean, power everything. Hmm. Was, I don't know anything about lake trout fishing. We caught a laker in legitimately five feet of water. One of our guys were trying to drop their jig down for pike fishing. And he, he's like, I don't know what happened to my jig. It's just gone. And he's like trying to figure out. He thought he hooked it on the ice. All of a sudden, he's like, I think I have a fish on. <laughs> and he pulls it up, and it's like this 38-inch laker. And he's like, the guide's like, uh, we're supposed to be fishing for pike. And he goes, uh, this is not a pike. It was like our best laker the whole weekend. And he caught it in just super shallow water. Aren't they usually really deep? Isn't uh, that the whole point? That's what I always thought. But this laker was gigantic and in super shallow water. Hmm. Do the Boundary Waters lakes get pretty deep? Uh, yeah. I mean, some of them do. I mean, not like super deep, but they they are usually right at the bottom. I've only been to the Boundary Waters once. And I was in a canoe and it was in the 90s. So we didn't have any like technology. You had technology. you like... Rubik's cubes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's nailed it. Dig. I that on that trip I bought a brand new fishing rod in, in Rio from Galleons. Ooh, Galleons was. I remember that. But now, do you remember Burger Brothers? Sure. Burger Brothers. I still can. I remember vividly, and I must have been very little because I don't remember much else of my childhood. But I remember getting lost in Burger Brothers, and my parents like because I would just wander around the store aimlessly. And they like left and went to the checkout to just see what I would do. They said, you were in there for 45 minutes before you even called our names out. And you had a cart full of stuff. I'm like, well, it's not any it different happens. now. It happens. No, I bought that rod and reel and, and uh, I had uh, like a legit old school Duluth pack. You remember dad's Duluth pack, right? Yep, yep. So it's like just a sack with leather straps on it. Super cool. And uh, I put the reel in the bag and I put the, my bug spray in the bag and I sat on the bug spray and sprayed the entire can of bug spray right onto the reel. <laughs> destroyed the reel. Just melted all the line. Destroyed the line and wasted every ounce of bug spray, like, immediately. <laughs> so for the rest of the weekend, I had no bug spray and no functioning rod and reel. It was amazing. What and Galleons took it back. Oh, wow. They replaced it for me. Dang. That's crazy. I, I mean, know, right? Would Tune Dev do that, John? No. <laughs> well, that, maybe that's why Galleons is out of business. I don't know. Yeah. 
What did galleons turn into? Dicks. Dicks, okay. Yeah, it's in like, the same building. Couldn't remember what it turned into. No, I love galleons. Do you remember that store? I remember in Woodbury. Yeah. Well, I remember them closing in... Uh, I don't remember the Woodbury one. I remember the Richfield one. Okay. Right off 494. I just remember like their Christmas commercial. Really? Yeah. What was it? It was like... You got me a gift at Galleons. Yeah, it's at Galleons. Galleons, Galleons, Galleons. <laughs> Did you remember that? No. I was, don't remember It was that. way too catchy. But isn't it weird how certain things stick with you for your entire life? Like, I can still smell that Burger Brothers store. And that's <laughs> 30 years ago. Probably 35 years ago. I was probably like one or two. Yeah, it is weird how things like that stick with you. Like to, That's I, the cool thing about giving your kids experiences, right? Yeah. You hope that they remember those things? I hope so. My kid always remembers driving a four-wheeler. So my son learned how to drive a four-wheeler at five because wow. we sank our four-wheeler. Oh. So I taught him how to drive, and now he thinks he's the greatest four-wheeler driver in the world. So just to clarify that statement, we got in an accident, so I taught him how to drive. Well, no. See, we, we, I, I, okay. we didn't crash into anything. I sunk the four-wheeler in slush, and I physically couldn't drive it and get it out. So oh. once I hopped off, the tires had enough air in them that it kind of popped up a little bit. So I had him drive it while I was pulling on it to get okay. it out. Sorry. Okay, I was like, what? It went underwater. <laughs> it wasn't, Hop on bed. It wasn't get underwater. It Better you than me. The exhaust was out of the water for periods of time. Ooh. But it was very, it was quite a deep pocket. And of I mean, part of it was because he was less likely to break through. Uh, yeah, but the problem is that I didn't tell him to stop. So he literally drove it like... <laughs> This was the other part of the story because I'm soaked and it's freezing cold. So I hop up out of the slush hole and he's still driving it eight miles an hour because that's all the speed he's got and he's in second gear. And he drove it all the way to the cabin and then just let off the gas and sat there while I walked <laughs> God knows how long. And I'm like, by the time I got back, like my bibs are frozen. I'm just that probably saved your life. Oh, absolutely. But I walked through all kinds of slush puddles. Because apparently he was light enough to just coast over the top of the crunchy snow. And every time I just walked in his path, I'd walk, walk, and then all of a sudden drop a leg in two feet in slush. (laughs) I got back. I was just miserable. And he's, like, happy as can be. It was the happiest thing in his life. He got to to drive the machine by himself. He still remembers it, like, so vividly. I mean, he tells the story probably two times a week. And he's eight now? Yeah. That's awesome. So literally this year, he's like, Dad, I bet I can drive the four-wheel all the way to our ice spot. I'm like... I'm sure you could, but it's like six miles, and I don't think mom's just going to let you tear off the lake on a four-wheeler six miles away. But He's getting old enough. Get him a helmet. He's got a helmet. That's the problem. He goes faster with a helmet on. If you take the helmet off, he goes like four miles an hour because his face gets cold. <laughs> oh, man. This is what I have to look forward to yes, so with coming. my son. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Allie got all kinds of helmets because my wife works for a company that sells um, outdoor products, and one of them's helmets, so yeah. she's got... We've got helmets all over the place. Too many helmets. You should borrow me a helmet for my kid. I'll lend it to you. You can borrow it from me. Borrow it forever. I'll lend it to you. Ooh. Ooh the teacher You're in getting you. taught. Sorry. That's just one of those I'm going to steal it from you. <laughs> there you go. That, you used that correctly. Yeah. That's the correct usage of steal. Good job. <laughs> but kids, kids do remember it a ton. Yeah. That's, I More mean, than like, you give them credit like for. Like a book like that, they're going to remember it. And they're probably like, if it's like my kids, they remember certain books. And the, like Amelia Bedelia for my daughter. <laughs> I don't know if I can say those words anymore, but I've read that book so many times that I literally, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and, and I'll be like, oh, Amelia Bedelia went to the store today. Oh, Amelia Bedelia had a friend today. I'm like, 
Why is she in my dream? Why am I dreaming, Amelia? <laughs> but when I told She's my son that, I was, that you were going to be on the podcast today, and she goes, oh, from the ice show. Oh, so he, yeah. yeah. He remembers all of that stuff. That's mm-hmm. awesome. He was super excited to meet you, by the way. Oh, Super my gosh. shy, but he was excited, too. That's so sweet. Well, that's because... Devin was shy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was shy. I, I mean, I don't know. You probably don't remember, but he was definitely shy when he was there. Yeah. That's weird. My kids turn shy sometimes. My, uh, my son, Laura, Shara, like two years at Game Fair, and he literally just like stared at her and couldn't talk. I was like, buddy. She's like, he's like, she's on TV. <laughs> I'm like, yes, she's on TV, but she's a real person. No, she's not. That's, what, that's the way Devin was with John Thielen, too, with weird. the show. Yeah, just, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to process. That's I was awesome. like that with John Thielen, too, a little bit, though. <laughs> You're still like that with John Thielen. I like, yeah. I'm surprised you can talk to Jenny here. I'm getting better. Yeah. What I mean, is this, you, episode 40? We're getting better. You, you didn't butcher your name, so I'm real proud of you. Thank we you. we had written it we're, out we're phonetically. A, we're, we're aiming for perfection here. We're aiming for professional <laughs> here. Correct me on grammar. At least I get people's names right. That's fair. That's fair. I may not text them right because this finger does not match with the phone. That's it happens. <laughs> I make enough mistakes. Are yeah. we? Is it time for a break? Are we supposed to be on break here? Yeah, we got, we got a little bit more. Do we? So, did you, okay, did you wake up one morning and say, hey, I want to write a book? Kind of. Uh, <laughs> I was just wondering, because I was, people that write books are fascinating to me because books are, it's a glimpse into someone's real personality. You yeah. can't really hide it, even though people are like, oh, this book was written like this. But I'm like, it really wasn't. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, Old Man in the Sea. I read it. I was supposed to read it in college. And they're like, it means all this different stuff. I was like, no, it's some old dude fishing in the sea. It has no meaning. So they're like, no, it's about his life. And I said, No. I didn't get any of that. It's an allegory, John. I don't like allegories. I failed that part of English comp completely. You're literal. Yes. Sometimes it's like you you don't write the book for a deeper meaning. You just write the book because it's ice fishing one, two, three. Kind of, yeah. Did I I miss any allegorical symbolism or anything in the book? Oh, yeah. The little bear uh, walks (laughs) off into the sunset with his mother and (laughs) and he goes to college. It's, it's we'll great. bring that up at book yes. club this month. Okay, <laughs> dude, I would go to a book club if we had book club like that. Because then you start can... one. Oh yeah, start an Iceman book club. Today, kids, we're gonna read this. No, not kids. Are you, are you the the Hemingway of children's books? Oh my gosh! I, well, people keep asking, what, what's the next one? Well, like, that's what I'm wondering. Like, yeah. is this like a one and done? You can't be a one and done. It's not a one and done. I do have a couple in the works right now Ooh. that are written in my iPhone notes. So really official. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally when I wrote this, I wrote it in my iPhone while I was on a walk, and it was probably March, like right around that peak pandemic time of 20, was it 2020 or 2021? 2020. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to keep things straight, but yeah. So I wrote it in my phone and then I like read it out loud to my husband. He's like, that sounds really good. And I was like, yeah, I think it rhymes and it sounds legit. <laughs> so <laughs> then I just like looked into how do you self publish a book and Google searched the heck out of it and talked to a friend who is actually like works for a publishing house in Eau Claire. Um, but they didn't offer to publish my book. So I still went the self-publishing route and uh, had my sister illustrate it and um, looked into how the heck you print it. Uh, if you don't want to do it for really expensive in the US of A, you can do it overseas <laughs> for a lot cheaper. Uh, just, I learned so much, you know, about like how to get things copyrighted and there's a whole process to it. But if you have 
some creative skills with like Photoshop and you have some connections in the writing world and illustrator illustration world, then yeah, you can totally self-publish a children's book. Did you do all the layout and everything yourself? I did. Yep. So I went page by page with my sister and then like words and everything I laid out in Photoshop and then sent the PDF to this printing company and they had me tweak a few things and then we got it printed. It was crazy, like holding it for the first time. I was like, what? Like I worked on this for the last seven can I, months. Can I see it? I, I don't. Yeah. I think I'm the only one who hasn't seen it yet. It does not look or feel self-published for whatever that means. Thank no, it, it looks like a real polished, like, uh, well, I mean, I, Rand I, McNallan I feel like that's a slight on self-publishing when I said that I felt. No, but it, just, but it looks like, it, I mean, it looks, it's a legit book. Is right, what I mean. right. It's not like I printed off my computer and stapled it yeah, it's together. Not your, it's not your manifesto. <laughs> I, I mean, especially to have the flaps and everything, That's that's got to be fairly complex printing in yeah. layout design. I was like, how do I do this? But, you know, most printing companies that do this kind of thing know exactly, you know, they tell you exactly what to do and what additional images they would need to get that lift the flap look to happen. So, yeah. But yeah, so back to sequels, one, two, three, camping, and then mm. one, two, three, open water fishing, which would just be called one, two, three, fishing. Awesome. Has there been any like uh, publisher interest after this one came out or you think you want to go the self-publishing route anyway? Uh, I don't know. It depends on, actually no one's reached out, so I don't know. Uh, last year I sold out of 3,000 books and I thought for sure I'd hear from a publisher this year and I'd haven't so I guess I'm just going to continue the self uh self-selling route the one bonus of having a publisher is they do all the marketing for you like generally and they like can get it into Barnes and Noble and the big box stores so I've been just getting it into like a lot of local shops and then doing it all on 123icefishing.com and just like marketing on my Facebook and Instagram and all the social media outlets and trying to get on news shows and that sort of thing I didn't realize that was your sister who was the yeah. who was the illustrator. Yep, Angie Hansen. Um, yeah, it's funny because like we're both we're both Korean and we both married very Scandinavian people with very <laughs> Scandinavian last names. So, yeah. I did talk to my um, my school library, my school media specialist oh, yeah. about it. She was like, "Oh, it's super, super interesting." So, I don't know if we stock. You know, we're in elementary school, so we don't stock a ton of. I'm stuff. stuck. I'm stuck on page four. The four shiny, lures. four shiny lures. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get away with that. You, yeah, you have more than four shiny lures. <laughs> you have lures that are. You have so many lures they're not even shiny anymore. I don't want to talk about it. My wife only <laughs> let me buy any more lures until January first. Oh man, lures and lures, lure cases, boxes. But yeah, I, I don't want to talk about the lure boxes either. But our media specialist was interested in the idea, and uh, I don't. Have you talked to like daycares and or? preschools and things like that? I really haven't just because I've been so busy with just regular sales. But sure. I mean, there have been a couple of schools that reached out and um, I think I had like s- several copies of just like slightly something's wrong with the corners or something like that or like the printing was a little bit off and I just donated a handful to school last year um, to just to give to their kids mm-hmm. as a gift. But I don't know schools have reached out. So if you know of any schools or libraries or like how to get it into people's hands like that, let let me know. Have you done any like talks at schools or anything like that? No, I haven't. No. Well, let's you and I can chat about that because we have authors coming all the time okay. and it would be let's awesome. Chat. And my my um, 
you know, my students themselves are part of like a newspaper club and writing things and like things like that. So hearing from people who have legitimately published is really important to them. It's, yeah, because of knowing that you can get your dream out on, on a book. But you can do it. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stories about, you know, slush piles of books sitting in New York that no one ever looks at. Mm-hmm. But there's an option. Mm-hmm. You can you can make it happen. And right now, printing is not cheap because you know. the, the paper world is very upside down. So, yeah, I know all about that. Everywhere is upside down. Yeah. Hard to get into anything right now. <laughs> but, yeah, you can. I mean, you don't need to order 100,000 copies. You can get, you know, 100 or, like, I started with 3,000. This year I ordered 5,000, so I still have lots of copies. Um, but is, it, is it on Amazon? It's not on Amazon because Amazon takes a huge cut too. So I'm trying to find the best way to do it without giving up a huge percentage. Yeah, makes sense. But maybe that is the route that I should go for next year since I still have like 4,000 copies. <laughs> well, you would know, John, once you start doing enough volume, then... You have a little bit more play with the margin. Yeah, your price of books go way down. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of different ways to print books, too. John's in, in paper. Oh, That's yeah. his day job. That's what I sell during the day. Okay, you're not just rods. No. Rods no. and paper. Rods and paper. <laughs> and the paper I sell is beer cartons and ammo boxes oh. and like stuff like this. Oh, maybe I should look into printing locally? No. Uh, some, I mean, some of it, it, sometimes it can be real cost effective to print locally and other times depends on what it is because freight's so expensive right now mm-hmm. that freight on paper is very very expensive i mean it's dense and heavy stuff to transport yeah, it's like transporting trees yeah. just cut up and made into paper that's that process. he's the michael scott of beer of beer cartons <laughs> <laughs> no I is think, that a compliment i don't really know I think, <laughs> which season michael scott I think, are we talking the I nice guy my, at the end my boss is michael scott he actually dresses like michael are you scott. the du- are you the dwight <laughs> No, no beer curtains. Let him be the gym. Everyone Let him likes be the gym. gym. Yeah. Uh, he's too basic. He's not funny. Jim's basic I, or John's basic? I was basic? like, what the? <laughs> wow. Okay, it's time for a commercial break. John's on I'm a podcast a, here. I'm going to beat no, Tommy up. No, I said Jim is basic. Oh, I thought you were saying John no, was basic. No, I was like, Jim's too basic. What no, no, no. That was a shot. I no, felt, it wasn't, I it felt wasn't it over a shot. Shots fired over the ball. You're a character. Commercial break. You are a character. Yes, commercial break. And I want to hear about Jane's background and how she got into this after we get back. All right. Well, let's okay. take a quick break. Well, we we'll just learned back. about it. We should just made a book. Won't you listen to this? Yeah, she just, she's like, just kidding. We've got one facet. <laughs> we need to be multifaceted. Yeah, we, now we have to talk about the technical terms of how a spoon falls. <laughs> well, actually, we do actually have a, a person who's got a technical question for you, John. Uh-oh. That came to me from IDO. Oh, and yeah. it's all about finishing. Let's talk about that after the commercial break. What a good lead-in. Yeah. I like cool. that. Hey everyone, this is Dan from the Iceman coming to talk about our sponsor, Tuned Up Custom Rods. Right now, we are actively adding new in-stock rods to the website, so make sure you're online checking us out. And if you want to custom order a rod, go to tunedupcustomrods.com and use the promo code ICEMAN to save yourself 10% today. And as the ice is getting thicker, Freedom Baits is pouring plastics like crazy. Check out their new uh, product called the Frogman. The bait is absolutely awesome. Use the code ICEMAN for 10% off in your order. And that's Freedom Baits with the Z.com. And also, if you want to keep your beer warm so it doesn't freeze on the ice, use your Maluna cooler. Made in Minnesota, roll to mold quality, super, super high quality coolers. I'm just getting my 22 quart. Use the code ICEMAN for 15% off on your order. John, what if we want our beer to be cold? See, I don't. Okay, here's the deal. In the wintertime, I don't want my beer frozen. So I put Not it in a frozen, cold. but you want it to be cold, right? No, I want it to be warm. So I'd, otherwise, they'll break open on the ice. 
All right. Whatever. We you, do, you do you, Jed. Just saying. I want I'm, them cold, but I want them frozen. I'm using my Maluna cooler to keep them nice and cold and not freeze. So stick that cooler outside <laughs> when it's 20 below. Then all and we've got Freedom Baits on the Tuned Up website. Yeah, now. we have Freedom Baits in stock. We'll I, have, just, we'll, I just put them on. They're, we'll, out, they're live now. We'll have some Maluna coolers, it sounds like, uh, in Are a couple we? weeks as demos to show people. Awesome. Yeah. I really like the Maluna cooler. Uh, Tom and I both just got ours. Yep. No. It's Super exciting. It's, uh, it holds ice a long time. How long does it hold warm beer on the ice? It makes your beer not freeze in the ice. That's more my concern. I want to clock that. We've been on the ice for seven if days, and the beer the, is still if very you warm. Have the hottest, warmest beer ever. Get Actually, a I do want to do it. I want to cook a steak in one of their coolers. Was it that sous vide where you heat sous-vide? it up? Sous yeah. yeah. You could do that. Because I bet the water would stay warm way longer than like the Coleman that I I'm going to use it on, at Christmas when I yeah. make that brisket. See, uh, oh, wait, you're keeping stuff warm in your cooler? No, like not, you have to you have warm to, food, not beer. You have like to, I'm the weird You have guy. to let your brisket rest. So, I thought about that. I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't know. It, it might stink it up, and it might be hard to get it. It smell. does. It doesn't stink. It doesn't at all. Trust me. Garrett, I, I put dead lake trout in there, and if anyone <laughs> smells a lake trout, like especially I mean, like a I don't know 27 inch lake trout, you throw a couple of them in a cooler with their belly slit open. Like a 20-hour smoked brisket, <laughs> that's got a lot of... Garrett assured us uh, that it's easy to wipe down. You you have to agree with me. A, lake, a Lakers stink. Yeah, I mean, not as bad as pike, but... Pike I are, think they smell... Well, pike are a, a, a weird gross. It's a weird smell. Yeah. King salmon and pike and laker all smell very similar to me. Now, is it true you can't freeze lake trout? Do you have to, you have to keep them fresh you have to use them once they're fresh okay this will sound weird what i've noticed is i don't freeze lakers from like minnesota or the iron range but i froze canadian lake trout because canadian lake trout their meat is like white and iron range fish their meat is like sherbet orange i've only i've only trout fished one time on superior and we caught some lakers and then we caught some splake and they're like you mm-hmm. cannot freeze these fish they, they, it'll just destroy the meat. It'll turn mushy. Yeah. Yeah, so Canadian Lakers don't turn mushy for some reason. Okay. So if you want to keep them warm, <laughs> Maluna coolers. <laughs> You're really selling it. <laughs> I'm just saying, so your beer doesn't freeze. I, I, you do you, John. You do you. I like it. <laughs> it's your cooler to do whatever you want with. John, we got a question. Oh, what's that, We Dan? got an internet question. How so, far I can stick my... <laughs> <laughs> your words? How far you can stick your words? Yeah. So we got. I had a guy reach out to me on, on the In-Depth Outdoors forum. He sent me a message named William Kroll. Now, we've had, we featured a question from William on the show last year. You might not remember. It was a technical question. So William is an at-home rod builder, and he had a question, John, about finish. Okay? So I'm going to read it I, to you. I'm not finish. What? I'm not Finnish. Oh, good Lord, John. <laughs> I mean, not... <laughs> Sorry, that's a... Sh- <laughs> it was very nice of Jenny to laugh at that. Uh, that was a great... See, she laughed at, like, that's like a dad joke. I mean, that's legit, like... I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's, right. she's got kids. I mean, I, I make dad jokes all the time. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you really stuck that one. No, I did. Yeah. Can I go on? Yes. Okay. So, Will, <laughs> William's question. I'm going to read it to you word for word, word for word, because I don't understand it. So, hopefully, you do. Are they big words? No, they're just words that I don't get. Oh. Like, I know how to say the words. I know, like, the individual meanings. All right, let's just hear the question. You ready? Okay. So he says, uh, do you guys use low, medium, high build, one coat, or multiple coat? Uh, we use medium build and usually one coat. So what does that mean? So it's the, it's the type of finish you use. So low build 
is, oh, I should say, well, low build we use for fly rods. We do two coats or potentially three. Ice rods, we just do one coat, um, sometimes two. But the high build, I don't like the look of high build because you end up getting a little more of a football shape. Like on the fin- like on the actual rod, you get like more of a football shape. Does the low build have more like... Um, it's like, it's uh, a lot thinner. So think thinner. of it, the viscosity. Yeah, I know. So like low build's the... Runnier. It's more viscosity. Yep. Or less viscosity, excuse me. Does it have more of like a uh, eggshell, satinish look? Mm-mm. They're all exactly the same. They're all gloss. Really? But we use, fin- we use finish that has no accelerants in it, so it takes like 24 hours to dry, where a lot of people like to use finish that's high build, which usually have accelerants in them, so they dry faster. So like my old ugly sticks, they have really rounded finish. Like big, thick, like yeah. that's all high build. What's, so what's the benefit of that? Uh, factories can produce rods faster. Does high build dry faster? Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it has higher viscosity. Yeah, and it also has accelerants to get it to form up faster and like hold better. But that's what yellows it after a while. Yeah. Usually anything that has a, a, a curing agent that pushes the finish to cure faster will yellow over time. So he asked this question because he was listening to the Build Show episode, Tom. And he was uh, impressed by the, the rate of uh, finishing the rod. So every time you rang the bell, he was like, that's impressive that John can finish those rods that fast. Well, and also if you, okay, so I finish rods in two parts. So I do part of it one cup and part of it in a different cup. So it's a very, it looks like I'm going faster than I am, but it's actually probably the same speed. It's just more of. Well, and you're working multiple rods at once too. So yeah, I'm, all, yeah, I'm also working 10 rods, 12 rods at a crack, which most people are terrified to. I mean, I was terrified for seven years to do more than six rods in a batch. Now it's, you know, 15, 18 rods you can get done in a batch. So he has a second part to the question, actually a first part, but we're going to get to that later in the show because we want to make sure we spend our time with Jenny, right? I mean, I'm cool. She's like, thank, and we've, thank, thankfully, I can talk. <laughs> she we've, just goes, you guys went deep I'm in the learning. weeds of something. Yeah, we went way into the weeds of something. <laughs> no, it's so interesting. Now I will look at my rod more closely to see if it's a medium or high. Well, you, you can also, I mean, I guess I could get up and go show her a cup of epoxy because our epoxies are real different. They're self-healing. Oh, boy. Watch out for that chair, Mike. I know. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the 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 epoxy that he uses is is different apparently than what you would get on like a like a mass produced store bought rod. Mm-hmm. There, it's a lot more even and uniform. So that's what this big drum that you're sitting next to does. That's oh. the finishing rack, and it can hold like thirty six rods at a time. Cool. So he can be finishing a lot of rods at once, but each rod does still take the same amount of time to do. Just. It's just being done more like in uh, like a factory type format. Assembly line. Assem- that's what I'm looking for. Assembly line. Thank so you. So usually epoxy, people are like, oh, it's epoxy. It's rock hard. Mm-hmm. So that cup of epoxy will be smooth and it looks fairly, fairly hard. But this epoxy is indestructible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just put a giant dent in that epoxy. You did? You see that with the fingernail, like the moon look to it? Maybe no. I'll, I'll try it again. Okay. Use that little metal thing on the table there, John. So, like, you see that mark oh, there? Yep, yep. Okay. Slowly massage it out. It'll be pretty much gone. It's a little oh. harder to do in a cup versus a rod, but it's actually self-healing. Like magic. Kind of. So It only works when it's 
still somewhat wet though, right? I mean, it won't work on a cured rod. This cup's like two and a half weeks old. Really? Yeah. So you can dent the finish on a rod? And, and then rub it out with your fingers and the heat from your fingers will self-heal it. Cool. So that's the difference between like good grade epoxies and some of the bad, you know, like bad grade epoxies. Do you remember the project that we did in like seventh grade middle school where we made like a light bulb that was made out of epoxy? It was like, it was a night light that was used like colored epoxy and it had two prongs. Oh, like a, like, like a shop project. Yeah. yeah it I looked like an ice cube, that. like yeah. a colorful ice cube. Yeah. That's what this stuff reminds me of. It probably is the same, similar stuff, I guess. Yeah. And it, I mean, it stays very flexible. That's, I mean, we have rods that are 10, 12 years old and you can still, you know, the finish will clean up. It's pretty amazing. Thank you, William, for that, uh, that question. Yeah. But it, it, people are like, oh, like what's, what's, you know, what's the epoxy and stuff. And there's, there's, we've tried every different finish probably out there and we've kind of stuck to a couple of different brands as is, you know, we always have backups because stuff sometimes fails. Stuff that you're comfortable working with. Yeah. Stick with that. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So thank you for All right. Now the technical question for Jenny. We're going to talk about what the... Oh, just no, so I, <laughs> I want to go back and just kind of, I don't know, maybe touch on your, your history, like what kind of brought you to this spot. Because yeah. like I said, I've, I found you on Instagram just mm -hmm. through ice fishing and through your fishing posts, which, you know, are really high quality and artistically done and such that make things look, um, you know, really appealing. What you're trying to say is they don't look like ours that are made with crayons and well, it's, sketches. it's <laughs> obvious that there's some forethought going into them. It's not me just taking a screenshot of my phone and then putting that on, on Instagram, which has happened a few what times. What came first, the, the lifestyle or the, the, the grand? Or, yeah, the gram. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, the lifestyle did because, uh, like, we were doing so much stuff. Like, every weekend we were gone on some adventure in some cool place. I mean, before kids, of course. <laughs> and I was already, you know, taking photos and really into photography because I came from a videography background and broadcasting and storytelling and all that. So it just made sense to make it more public and well thought out and and do the storytelling and show people all the things that you could do outdoors, even if you've never done it before. So like ice fishing was the first kind of fishing that I got into. Did um, you grow up ice fishing? I did not. No, I didn't discover it till I was like 25, maybe 24. So late onset, you know, ice That's fishing. That's pretty amazing to have that kind of success in such a short amount yeah, of time. I was going to say, this is just the way you, you're, you're poised and, social media it looks like you've done it for a long time I'm, or you really immersed yourself deep into it you went off like the deep end you, di you didn't like <laughs> for just, the better well no but i mean like you didn't take it just a little bit like oh i'm gonna do this one weekend a year you went off and said i'm gonna oh yeah go I'm, I'm addicted yeah well and that, that, that's the thing like you, you know it's it's i'm sure it's like a hobby that turns into a passion that turns into but you know potentially mm -hmm. a book or whatever it's the same well, it's evident that you're not trying to dig a market that you think you can monopolize and you don't have any passion for it. It's clearly that you enjoy fishing, yeah. you enjoy the outdoors, and you also like to share that with people. Yep. I dream about it. I think about it. Like last night's dream, <laughs> I told my husband this. I was like, this is the year you're going to get 
a, a record walleye because I drowned it last night. Nice. <laughs> and it was. Oh, so you didn't fun. even dream for yourself. It was like it was for my husband. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't even get the record walleye for yourself. No, I didn't. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's I guess, a, like an altruistic dream, right there. Yeah, that's, no kidding. That's a. Uh, I don't, I don't know. know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would want to pull that wall and grab that rod out of his hand, but in my dream, I was very supportive and helped uh, finesse this walleye in through the ice, and it was actually so big that the tail ripped off. Like, as he was, <laughs> as we were trying to get it through the hole, like, he somehow, like, grabbed the tail and just split. <laughs> That's totally a dream, though. That yeah. like, that's a dream you're like, you're like, why did that happen? Like, that's not... Why would I do that? Yeah. No. Grab it by the, the gill. Does he know. get to go along on a lot of your adventures? Oh, yeah. I mean, we do everything together. And I mean, a lot of people say, like, don't you get sick of each other or whatever. But it's like we have a family now and we really can't do much unless, like, both of us are there. And, like, one of us is concentrating on one kid and the other person has the other kid. You know, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. When oh. you have two kids, for sure, it, it, you need two hands. Dan, you're outnumbered. you got three kids. So three was, kids is too many. Was he the one that three uh, kids is a lot. hooked you on it? Oh, yeah. Our first, one of our first dates, we were out tip-up fishing, and I pulled a nice-sized walleye on, uh, I think it was like Lake Eau Claire, which didn't have a lot of, I don't know, it didn't have a lot of good numbers, but somehow we pulled out this mm-hmm. really nice walleye, and I was hooked, yeah. That is not the way my... Did you guys meet in college? Uh, You said you went to Eau Claire, right? Yeah. No, we didn't. So I was working at the news station. I was a reporter uh, and the weekend anchor, I think. Yep. The weekend anchor. And he was doing his residency at UW um, at the the Madison residency program there in Eau Claire. And we met... Doctor residency? Yes. Yeah. So he does family medicine. Um, I don't know if he wants people to know that, but... (laughs) It's a secret. I don't know. He feels weird about it. I can get I... a really long bleep off for this part. <laughs> yeah, we'll just beep. That's he fine. does beep. That would be it even doesn't. better. You're like, what does he do? I don't know. Can't say. Something it's illegal. It's yeah. a super secret. He's actually a double agent. Basically. He's he like, goes fishing. Yeah. He was fishing. That's what he does. But yeah, we met in, uh, we like to say we met at church. I don't know why he says that, but we met at the bar like every other Wisconsinite. <laughs> That's pretty close. It to probably church, was a bar called the church. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I could see Wisconsin doing that. <laughs> or on Sundays they had service and then served, you know, beer and there was a lot of people praying to the porcelain gods in the bathroom. Oh boy. <laughs> I have a, Eau Claire can be an interesting town. Eau Claire I can be a, not spent much time in there. Haven't you? Nope. I loved it. It was, it's just like everything is accessible, the mm-hmm. outdoors, good hunting, great fishing, like lakes, rivers, whatever. Are you guys all... from Wisconsin? No, we're actually from Minnesota. So so it makes sense with the name, I guess, Girl of 10,000. Mm-hmm. Otherwise yeah. be Girl of 5,000 Lakes and a bunch of Packer fans. Well, Wisconsin <laughs> likes to say they have more lakes. Yeah, but they define a lake a whole different way than we do. It's any standing body of water. Is a yeah, lake. I mean, pond. Yeah. yeah. Well, like they're, because uh, I think ours are 40 acres or under, not even lakes. I think it's 10 acres is the Minnesota definition. It's got to be. Look it up. I believe Minnesota classifies it as a 10 acre body of water. But it has to be deeper this. than certain, because uh, there's Lake Cantlin up in Zimmerman's not a lake. And it's like 140 acres. Look it up. I believe that that's the definition. Get into the weeds again. Yeah, we sorry. We went. We no, went I'm somewhere. curious. I feel like someone's going to ask me this, and now I'll have the answer. I, I think Minnesota has like 11,600 lakes defined by 10 acres or more. Hang on. We got it. 
And or, Wisconsin, I think they say they have like 14,000. Mm-hmm. But if they use Minnesota's definition, they have like 6,000. Oh. We're all wrong. A lake is not defined by size or depth, as some may suggest. A lake is defined as an enclosed basin filled or partially filled with water. No, that's not the Minnesota definition. It's right from the DNR website. Huh. Well, then why don't they count all these Google, other... how do they count... How do they how do they define the number of lakes in Minnesota? I don't know. This is weird. This is from the DNR's website. Whatever. Maybe somebody said way smarter than me can figure this out. Someone's gonna email you and let you know. <laughs> I've defi- I've looked this up. I've we talk about it in class. And so the Smithsonian says it's more than ten acres of surface area, but the DNR says it's not. Hmm. Well, look, Google, what is the official number of oh, lakes in Minnesota? WCCO answered this. In the land of 10,000 lakes, what makes a lake? Um, I have a bunch of ads. Minnesota DNR suggests that Minnesota has 14,380 lakes if you count lakes that cross the U.S.-Canada border. And how many are contiguous? And do not count... And do not count a few lakes that are mostly in other states and did not count bodies of water under 10 acres. Right. Okay. Come on. There it is. Way to go, Dan. Thank you. How many does Wisconsin have by those same definitions? Woof. Right, if it's six thousand, um. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin calls two point two acres or more a lake, really? and they have fifteen thousand if you use their rules. Why two point two? Not because everything's oh. that size. I mean, just two point two acres is a, that's like the playground. Yeah, it's a it's playground a, size. A small. Oh, if Wisconsin were to measure lakes like Minnesota, it would have 5,300. Ah. But the DNR, there are lakes that are over 10 acres that are not counted as lakes. I think it's because they, they, some of them almost dry up. Could be. Maybe like sloughs. Yeah. But they're, they have more littoral acres, but not more. That is it. Depth. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Because there are sloughs that are huge. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking of Cantlin Lake. It's not a lake, but it's big. It's only like eight feet deep, though. We, I mean, we got a lot of answers. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't ask the question, but now we have the answers Okay, to what it. were we talking about again? I, your, your Instagram handle of Girl of 10,000 is how we got Jeez, to that. Jeez, that was... Yep, tra- 11,400 yeah. lakes. Yeah. So no, I need to what, change what that. I thought you said 14. Well, you're right, 14,000 something. Yeah, if know. you count them at two point... Then, you know what? I'm going to pour an inch of water on the shop floor. We're going to have 14, one more. 14,380. <laughs> 14380. Okay. It it's not as catchy. It doesn't roll off the tongue it's as, as catchy. Not, yeah. No. I think you stick with the branding. Okay. So I've always, <laughs> whenever I see, you know, your stories or Nicole Stone, who we had on the show a couple of uh, last year, mm-hmm. uh, and I see you guys fish together quite a bit. I like the idea of the adventures that you go on, you know, the big trips. Yeah. And it's always, for me, that's always something that I've wanted to do, but it's really hard to do you know, to get away and to do these big adventures. Yeah, where you drive quite a bit to get there and... Stay for a while yeah, mm-hmm. and, you know, have multiple days out on the water and, and just have these super cool experiences. Uh, you you guys were all just up... Where were you for the DSD? Uh, we were at... Is that Red Lake? Red Lake, yep. Mm-hmm. And just like, these adventures, they look awesome. And I, I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm just rambling. But anyways, that yeah. sounds cool. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I <laughs> Remember that time you went fishing? That looked pretty cool. Dan, did that you was, find $5 in this story? That or was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally get the trip thing because some of my best adventures are with the biggest trips. And the biggest trips, I feel like, are the biggest risk versus reward with fishing. Ooh, yeah, yeah. if you can go up and have a big bust. Yeah. 
because I'm I'm trying to convince my wife and a friend to go. Well, not my wife, just my wife to let me go up to Canada again, um, <laughs> and go fish early lake trout season. Ooh. So I don't know. She's you don't want to go get your auger back. I would like to get my auger back, batteries, charger. Oh, no. If the Colsons are listening to this, I would like to get all that stuff back. I don't oh, need my okay. whole auger, but I just need the parts that I left up there. <laughs> um, Pre-COVID and then the border shut down. Yeah, in <gasps> 2019 or 2020, we're up there. But I would like to go try to claim the lake that almost killed me and go catch a giant laker in there. Oh, did you, like, sink I, your auger? No, I fell into a river at oh, night my. on a snowmobile. So. What? Fell in it on a snowmobile, fell in on a... Four-wheeler. <gasps> yeah, no, the snowmobile was legit because I fell off the snowmobile into the river because we had lost a sled, so we were riding two up, and we were riding, and I hit a piece, or the driver hit a piece of ice, and the sled kind of rolled, and so instead of dumping the sled, I kicked my left foot off the running board to kick him down, and I shot into the river oh and my. went underwater, and then something happened, and I came back out. <gasps> How so, deep was it? Uh, it was over my head, I know that. <sighs> But okay. I was real wet. You had a float suit on though, right? Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, the, the helmet, getting the helmet wet was the worst. Because then I had water inside my snowmobile helmet. You have no idea the, what's going on. Yeah, absolutely no idea what's going on. But I got out. Thank goodness. That's got to be scary. Yeah, almost suits. froze to death on the way back, though. I yeah, because then you had to get back. Yeah, it was 20 miles we had to drive. And I was, oh. so hypothermia, I found out, at least the way my body works, is hypothermia, you get cold, you get shiv- shivering, and then at some point you feel super euphoric and super warm. And apparently that's right before everything shuts off. <laughs> right before you die. Yeah. Did, um, did you stop shivering? Oh, I stopped shivering first. Because when you stop shivering, that's when you know it's getting serious. Uh, I stopped shivering and I was absolutely like manic. I was super happy. Like, not, I was like, I unzipped my suit and I was like, what's up guys? They're like, uh, you need to get in the truck right now and you need to like get all your clothes off. And I'm like, fine, you know, and then 40 minutes into the truck drive, I start like convulsing, like my whole body's like shivering. I'm like, what is going on? Because you were actually warming up. I'm apparently going back up in the the spectrum of of body temperature. Someone should have offered their like dry clothes to you, like and keep their base layers on. Not many people had dry clothes in this trip. Oh, this was a disaster. Okay. This was a, we, we were like. Sounds like something that your wife would really like to give you permission to go back and do. <laughs> it was two o'clock and we're like, you know, we should really start thinking about going back. And like at 2.30, like, all right, let's head back. A.M.? No, at in the afternoon. Oh. Because it gets dark at like oh, that's five right. o'clock in Canada. Yeah. If it's really dark at five o'clock. We made it three miles at seven o'clock. We, it was oh. like everything that went wrong, went wrong. That's scary. All right. Well, that'll be a great trip. (laughs) (laughs) Round two. I want to go back. And the guy that uh, wants me to go, he's like, yep, we're going to do this again. We're going to do it a little lighter and only carry one flash or two rods. That's it. We're leaving at 10 (laughs) a.m. That actually was uh, allowed me to remember the question I was going to try to lead in with my statement. So my question for you then is how often are you traveling? How often are are these big trips happening for you? I mean, we, I mean... What's a big trip? Like a weekend trip or a... I don't know. I guess something that's... An overnighter. I only see the stories that you post. You know, so yeah. what is a story Are you living trip? vicariously through her <laughs> stories now, going to Red and stuff? No, but I mean, that's the, that's kidding. how influencers work, right? Like, yeah. you know, I think people are curious because they're like, why are you... You are always out doing something. And it's like, yes and no. Like, we do try to go 
we make use of our weekends. That's true. Like we're always out doing something and I'll post that like throughout the span of the next two weeks. So it looks like I'm doing all this stuff throughout the whole week or whatever. But Do you have to like plan an, out- an outfit change for each picture then? So it looks like you're on multiple trips. No, no, it doesn't get that. <laughs> but I do have to like, you know, the next day I'll wear a different color combo or something just to have a variation in photos and that sort of thing. And I want to show like DSG is my sponsor. So I try to show different color suits they have, but yeah, people haven't really called me out on, Oh, that's that's from last year, you know, but I'll be, I'll be, I'll tell them like, this is a photo from last year's trip and you know, ice is not that thick right now there. So don't go there. No, I don't think there's any, like no one feels like you're trying to be deceitful about it. But I'm just curious, how often are you? How often do you get to go away? And I, I have a real big so because if you li- like leave for a weekend, do you mm-hmm. like pack all your stuff up, and then Sunday night you unpack everything. It's like just a chaos for like three days. Because when I leave and come back, it's like I don't know, and maybe it's just me, but like half my stuff's either broken or soaking wet by the time I'm back from a big trip, or it's like my auger, you know. There's a busted blade on it. Or maybe I'm just really hard on my stuff. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is chaos. Like, it's like, why do we even unpack if we're packing right back up in three days, you know? And we're living out of suitcases. It's it's just like suitcase, laundry, okay, back in the suitcase and put it in the car. Um, And we will, like take out the the tip ups and respool it nicely. Yeah, so otherwise because it gets super frozen and yeah, and we'll thaw it out in the garage or inside, and we'll charge the Vexlars and charge all the batteries that we need to. But yeah, it's it's not <laughs> it's not perfect. That's that's for sure. We have broken rods all the time. Um, every year I'm buying new rods because we always break a tip somehow. Yeah, ice fishing is a little rough of a sport on things, especially because for me, it's like you're packing up and it's always like way colder than when you started and you're trying to hurry and fingertips get cold and you're like, oh, I shut this in the case. It's a goner. I've broken a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's no fault to the rods. They just, they just don't, you know, you can't shut a rod tip in a case. It's an abusive (laughs) environment. Mm -hmm. Cold, wet, hurried, sometimes, sometimes with a little bit of alcohol mixed in. There's, there's a lot of things that, can make things go wrong that's really true. quickly yeah but it's worth it i mean it's i love those trips and i love spending you know two three days but lately you know i have like i said i keep saying this i have kids and i just try to do whatever trip i can so like day trips we go to lakes that are closer in the twin cities metro area and that's something we haven't done before we've always gone to Lake of the Woods or Mille Lacs or the Boundary Waters or the Gumflint Trail and like places that are harder to access. And now it's like, okay, we, if we want to fish, we're going to have to bring it closer to home. We're going to have to take turns fishing, whether like I go out one day and then my husband goes out the next day and we each take turn, turns watching the kids. Yeah, it's, it's a whole different game with kids. But then when your kids get to a certain age, then they get to go with you and then it's a whole different experience. Yeah, and we do bring them, but it's just like not as fun. But they don't, they're probably not fishing. Like my son. A little, yeah. He's, I mean, he got a new flasher this year, or I should say not a flasher. He got a new Markham this year, but it's like, holy smokes, kid. I mean, he knows more about it already. He watches YouTube videos on it. It's like, you absorb more than I will probably my lifetime in 20 minutes on a YouTube video. Totally. It gets easier. It does get easier the older the kids get. And the so. trips become longer too. It's not like a two-hour trip. It's a six-hour trip or an eight-hour trip now. Mm-hmm. 
I do love that. Like there are so many resorts that are very accommodating. Like they'll set you up out on the ice with the fish house. You don't have to bring your own if you don't have one. And they'll bring you back into their nice warm cabins for the day. So I don't have to sleep out in the fish house with the kids. I can come back home at the end of the day and they just make it so, and they have steaks and uh, you know, good food waiting at the bar, bar and grill. And you don't have to be uncomfortable. No, yeah, not they, at all. Yeah, it's luxurious. I think that's what the sport has really changed in the last ten years. It's no longer miserable. Like I can think ten years ago in the the, the clam Yukons with no insulation, I froze in those things all the time. Didn't matter how much heaters you had, you were always a little chilled. Now everything's thermal and way better, and I mean everybody's got a better house. I think that there's been really great strides to make the sport a lot more female friendly too, and to try to encourage families to go together, to encourage women to go on their own. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a big stride. Well, I think 10 years ago, there was not a women's suit out there, I bet. I mean, maybe there yeah. was, but now you have a whole company that's kind of branding itself towards women's suits. And even my wife's like, well, that'd be kind of good to you know, get a pair of bibs that actually would fit. I'm like, yeah, because guys' bibs do not fit women. Mm-mm. And vice versa. Yeah, and even the suits, the women's suits that they try to make are still like kind of like guy suits. Yeah, and they're kind of guy cut. And, yeah. and it's like the women, like they feel, you know, for some women, it's like embarrassing that you have to wear a certain size or you're like swimming in the suit. Yeah. Like it's wide enough. The Michelin the, man, yeah. Yeah, and then, and then, but the legs are three feet longer than it should be. And it's like, oh, well, that's not fair. Yeah, the best feature that I like is the, the drop seat bibs for women it's like okay this is a game changer for going to the bathroom like a trap door basically yeah a trap door i like that they should just call it that <laughs> well tra- tra- trap doors did, did you ever own a, a union suit with a trap door like the old long like one one onesie long oh, yeah. johns with the oh, trap door in the back i mean i've like in the cartoons yeah like the ones <laughs> yeah. that uh that goofy they, would wear they exist in real life they too because okay. i have some <laughs> that's awesome and you use the trap door oh yeah <laughs> well, I mean, you got, you're not going to not use a feature. Well, no, but like when you're out in the cold, you don't want to strip off every single layer of clothes that you have to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. And you know, they say like women are a huge deciding factor now on like buying big fish houses, like the portable, the wheelhouses. Cause it's like, they want something for the whole family to enjoy with enough beds that are comfortable with, a, you know, f- a place to cook your food. So yeah, it's like if I'm going to fish out there, I want to fish comfortably is mm-hmm. the argument. Well, it's a large financial decision, and it's one that, I mean, married couples, and I'm not just picking on married couples, but like couples, they're going to pick one house over another based on like if my wife said, hey, let's go buy an ice castle, but I wanted to have this and this, and I'd be like, let's go buy an ice castle. Because <laughs> that would be all for it. I'd be all for it, but my wife. Is she listening right now? She does not like ice fishing. <laughs> But then you sell the RV factor of it that we can use this in the summer for camping too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then also that some part of it, it's like, you know, you know, ice fishing is kind of like my alone time with my son. So I don't know if I want to ruin that quite yet. Like bringing my daughter in, in there because she would just, <laughs> my God, I can't imagine my daughter in an ice house for longer than an hour. It's a nice option though. Mm-hmm. It oh, is absolutely. nice that it exists. Maybe she wouldn't ruin it. Maybe she'd surprise you. I was say, he... ruin is pretty tough. <laughs> Maybe it'd be a delightful experience. I brought my uh, daughter in the ice house a few times, and she has a tendency to... Um, the holes are like the big vortex of things that she can throw down the hole. So oh, okay. That's part of the fun, though. Catch covers. Catch covers, credit cards, whatever you want. Hey, Daddy, there goes this. 
See that on the mark come all the way down. She's young. She's got time. Yep. Ice scoop. It happens. Tip up. Forceps. Spoon. <laughs> minnows. Wax worms. Anything you can get down a hole. An entire bag of M&M's. Oh. You know how long those take to sink? 37 your, feet? Your Markham or Vexlar is going Oh, it was crazy. like going nuts. It's like, wow, look at that school of minnows. I mean, M&M's going down the hole. Because <laughs> she saw one. And she's like, look, I can see it. Just dumps the bag. I'm like, oh, no. Have you been able to get other members of your family interested in it? You said that you weren't really into it until you're in your 20s. My parents are like, where where did this come from? Like, they're, they're just so surprised. Because... Ice fishing kind of opened the doors for me for other things. So now I hunt and like all the other things I never used to do. So they're more surprised and they have come along with me and we're planning to do some Malax trips and some uh, actually over New Year's are we're renting a cabin for the sole reason of ice fishing on that private lake. That's <laughs> awesome. So we're pretty excited. Oh, my private parents. lake. I never thought of that. Yeah. That's genius. What? To rent a cabin on a private lake. Oh. That's a good idea. That is a great idea. <laughs> like an Airbnb? Is it yeah. an Airbnb? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We might have to get some info right. after the show. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's a gr- that is a great idea. It's a smart... Because otherwise you don't really have access unless you somehow sneak across a neighbor's yard. But Exactly. They'll know. Well, that's yeah. cool. So you're getting them to try to get into it. I hope so. Or at least to experience it with mm-hmm. you. Exactly. And they like, I mean, they like walleye and we'll bring home and fillet it up for them and they'll cook it up in their own little way, you know their own Korean fish fry recipe. It's, it's, it's fun to see what they do with Whoa, what kind catch. of recipe? Yeah. I'm always looking for new fish recipes, so. Um, okay, so their batter is a little bit different. It's like um, more like panko-y, panko crust kind of. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious because mm-hmm. that's what I use is panko bread crust. Oh, you do? So, okay. Yeah. And then they, they do more um, grilled fish, uh, with spices. Um, they've used the fish for fish stew. Uh, it's also like a more spicy broth. So great for winters, great for hangovers. <laughs> you should have some right now, John. I'm getting hungry <laughs> I'm, right now. I'm not getting hungover right now. It's not just, yet. I will. Once you're finishing. Yeah. And that's a whole different thing. That's just more of exhaustion than hungover. That's awesome. That's yeah. very cool that you can get them are you, you involved. Feature some of their recipes on yeah, your you on should. your channel, will you? I should, yeah. I think well, because it's different way. Because I'm always looking for like, mm-hmm. I get sick of the same. You know, you you get used to it, like home cooking. Like, oh, I want fish this way, but then you eat it for 20 years the same way. Yeah. You're like, I want to go out of the box just a little bit. But mm-hmm. I'm always looking for different recipes and well, different ways to cook. And it. we talked about this on the last show. It's like I, you know, I love a fried walleye fillet, but you know, you want to think of like what are some healthier options too like it doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be deep fried in oil to make it delicious you know it's so good though i know I'm thinking, <laughs> it's like, it uh, is good it's del- it is delicious it's fantastic but yeah i'll definitely share some recipes this this season yeah that's a great idea we should start sharing recipes we could have a s'more recipe Ooh. <laughs> i can mac and cheese really good fish house foods mm-hmm uh, frozen pizza rolls are my favorite in the ice house. Mm. Oh, Put yeah. them on the grate, but I just leave them in the bag, usually in the back of the sled. You just forget about them? Or are yeah. you too busy? No, it's just usually, in, like, I'll pull them out. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if these are any good. <laughs> you open them up, you're like, eh, it looks like they've been frozen and thawed a hundred times. <laughs> I'll put them on the heater. We'll and, see what happens. If yeah. they get hot enough, it'll kill all that. Yeah. It'll be fine. Just warm them up in your Molina. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. 
sous vide in your warm beer. Be, I'm going to sous vide a steak in my, my Luna, and then I'll be like, look, it, it keeps things hotter longer. I'm sure it would work great for that. I, that's what I'm hoping. Although how hot? Well, it probably wouldn't be too hot to break it. Don't you only put it at like 170 degrees? You don't want to like melt You're not it. boiling it. Yeah. yeah. You want to just cook it throughout. Well, we'll report back. I'm going to have some walleye tartare. Mm. There you go. You're fancy now. You're fancy. <laughs> I don't know if I could eat raw fish. Like from a lake. Lake. Okay. So like, I have to tell you something. <laughs> oh, no. Please tell me have you, you tried, tried walleye no, sushi. No, I haven't. I haven't. But I have tried uh, like Great Lakes um, trout raw. Like like a, like a salmon, salmon roll, salmon roll kind of. Yeah, sure. But, okay. but trout. And I'm pretty sure not supposed to. And, and I looked up through the, what is it, the CDC to see what the recommendations were. And you're definitely not supposed to. But it was freshly caught. We like filleted up like you would with with salmon and um, like you would at a sushi restaurant and dipped it in some wasabi and soy sauce. And it was buttery and fresh. And, it, you know, it was great. Mm. Well, I mean, the Great Lakes are so big. Yeah, right? I was going to say. So the cold Great Lakes, and clear I mean, and clean. I mean, I drank uh, water out of Burnside like a lot of water um, with uh, Steve Foss and his guide service. He just drill a hole and you drink water out of the lake. But then I'm thinking all the other bacteria that are in those rocks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Boundary waters you can drink right out of the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure there's no beavers. There you go. Yeah. If it's floating, that's probably not Get a good some thing. Giardia. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Makes me a little nervous. So what's on the horizon? You've got the two books coming. Are well, they how, both how, do we, how do we contact her Like for the book? How do we order a book? Yeah, 123icefishing.com. And then oh. there's a handful of local stores in like in Duluth and Stillwater, St. Paul, Minneapolis, and some stores in like Madison and Eau Claire that carry it. So Very I cool. have it all listed on 123icefishing.com. Uh, the number's 123, right? Yep, 123, okay. yep. And on the horizon, lots of ice fishing. It's I'm really excited because uh, Camping World is one of my sponsors, and so we're working on this big big project of uh, sort of transforming a an older ice fishing house. It's a 2015 glacier, and we're kind of adding beds and then redoing some of the walls and making it nicer. The wheel well was totally rotted, so we're replacing the wheel well, and then hopefully. I think it's cool what you did with that. Like blue and white teardrop trailer. Our vintage camper, yeah. yeah. I it's, mean, it's teal. It's like the best teal ever. That's yeah, it's a my, very yeah. Like my daughter loves it. She's like, look at the queen. The, she always calls the this cool Barbie camper, right? Because <laughs> it's this teal. I mean, if anyone saw it, it's four thirty four Maui teal. That's what our thread color is. But there's like oh. a thread color that matches that exactly. Cool. But you've made it custom like you've made it homey inside yeah we made it i mean it looked like a what is it called like a drug meth cooking <laughs> like a meth lab a meth lab yeah that's exactly what it looked like when we first Probably got it was that. <laughs> it was from buffalo minnesota so i, I don't know mm. um but it was i mean i was so great great to like find that on greg's craigslist and then we painted it and made it all cute inside and homey and we had a lot of adventures we went to montana and um did some camping and fly fishing and then we went ice fishing all over minnesota uh that one is unfortunately out of commission literally the walls 
fell off as we were driving. You could see <laughs> the inside of the camper from the outside. <laughs> so Time like, to okay. retire that one. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a little, that's a little rough. Not going to yeah. fix that one. So we needed a new one, and so we're getting this one now, and we're, we're going to do the teal again. That's the plan. We're hoping to, hoping to get it wrapped with that same sort of teal tone and like a wood facade on the bottom. I don't know. I'm excited for it. That's awesome. So we'll be fishing more with that later in the season, and then um, hopefully some early ice fishing near Mille Lacs. I heard they're opening up a lot of the roads this weekend for walking and possibly snowmobiles and ATVs, so... I hope Head so. on up there, yeah. I have a trip booked on the 27th, so oh, okay. I'm hoping it's going to be buddy that was on the We have one before morning. that, too. No, G- December 27th. Oh, okay. I'm relax. Yeah. Nice. The one I wasn't invited to. Well, you want to come with me and Mickey? Sure. All right. <laughs> you need to pay for it, then. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm working, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, we're going with Ice Camp. Oh, Ice fun. Camp Outfitters. Have you, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're... Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're all over my... Facebook. I mean, how they're they're very very good at promoting. And very once good. you click on one of their ads, you're gonna get all of them, which but, is great. I like the ads. Yeah, they have I, great video. Like the guy who, you know, one of the owners, he's, he used to be a video guy. That's so. that's Marcus Taplin. That's yeah. the guy whose name I completely destroyed. He, he oh. called him Marcus Quam. Yeah, I, I call, oh. called him the wrong Marcus, okay. which was not the right thing to do. <laughs> that's so funny. And we started laughing so hard. Yes, I can't and now, wait. And now now Dan has the reputation. Yeah, I uh, I lost my temper. Swore a few times. <laughs> he had like a temper tantrum. I had a, a panic attack. I had a panic attack is what happened. The just, that, okay, never mind. We've already talked about this many I know, times. But, but it's just, it's so, it's so classic. The, the Doug one where it was actually like, he was like in front of your face like in person <laughs> and you called him by the complete wrong name. And he's not a guy who's going to take any crap. He's just like, uh, no, that's not right, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and, Dan, and Dan, like the I color drained I, from his face. I couldn't spell his name on my, I tried so hard. <laughs> have you, have you heard of Smackdown Outdoors? Yeah. The podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Doug, Glimmerveen. Doug Glimmerveen is the, is the host. Okay. I texted Glitterman. I didn't. Oh. I didn't know Doug. So John said it up, and he texted me Doug Glitterman. So I'm like, and we have our host, our guest, Doug Glitterman. And he looks at me like, you idiot. Oh no! And he called me out super hard. <laughs> what? And it, and it was like episode ten for us. Yeah. Like, I was we laughing so new. hard. I was like, oh, did I butcher that again? I deserved it. I just, I definitely deserved it. <laughs> and he was in front of you too. Oh, that he was, was right that's here. What I was right about. here. That's he what was, I'm talking about. Yeah. It was like he could not have gotten any awkward. It wasn't my favorite moment. Well, now you know that. Do the names before you start recording. Yeah, but your exactly. name is Jenny Anderson. Literally, if you screwed that up, I would <laughs> I would have been. Well, I noticed you looked at her book before you said well, it. Well, no, I was just thinking her her <laughs> sister-in-law or sister. My sister, sister. Yeah. I was like, her name is even easy. Yeah. Glimmerman is not easy. Glimmerveen is even harder. Glitterman was way better. <laughs> <laughs> it was ugly. It was ugly. Well, we're, I'm excited to follow the adventures that you're going to go on. So did you get to have anything to do with Marcus Limonis? Uh, the, the ice, ice camp. No, our Marcus Lamonis is the guy that owns Camping World. Oh, Camping oh. World. Yeah, camping he, World? That you screwed yeah. up another like name. Like that I'm working with? Yeah. He did The Prophet on CNBC, the TV oh. show. He's like a famous guy on TV. Oh, okay. I thought he looked familiar, but no, I haven't actually met him, but I'm, yeah. maybe this is the year he'll come. Maybe he'll come ice fishing with me. That would be huge. There you go. I, I enjoy Marcus a lot. I only want one person to ice fish with me. Guess who? Ted Nugent. Absolutely. I don't know how you got that. I guess you've said it before. I got an argument with my uh, wife's cousin about Ted Nugent. She said I, he was not a good human. I said, he's a perfect human. <laughs> he plays guitar, sings, and plays rock and roll. Well, I told music. you I get to see him in concert, right? I told you you're divorcing your wife. 
I'm not. And gonna I'm going to marry you for 24 hours. So I can you, go maybe you can. We can do a big love situation. <laughs> I'm not getting divorced, but you, maybe you can join in. <laughs> what, be, you could be the second husband. Yeah. What'll be weird is when you're tied up in your closet, and I'm going to Ted Nugent's concert with you in the truck. Well, you, I'm, I have to be there. That's I'm, part I'm of the shaving off my beard and having a mustache, and be like, "My name's Dan Baker." You probably have a better mustache too, <laughs> jerk. Dude, I, I shaved this morning, so yeah, it's my five o'clock shadow. That's not serious. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She looked at me like, "Oh, <laughs> that's awesome." All right, we're probably getting low on time, right? Yeah. yeah. We all right. I mean, I have no idea what time it is. We're about an hour and 20 in. Okay. It's almost 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah we kind of go a little bit late here. So <laughs> sorry is, about that. This is my like prime work time. So. Is it? Oh, yeah, good. I'm, I'm wide awake. I drank some coffee before I came here. <laughs> I was going to, but the caribou was closed. I wanted to stop and get one. Dang. Which, which caribou? One, one by we, Jimmy John's is usually open now. It wasn't when I got by there. Oh. Whatever. All right, so let me get to the second question from William Kroll. So he wants to know what is the rods that you use when you're ice fishing, John. Oh, what's, it, what's in your arsenal? What's in my arsenal? Assuming that you actually have rods because you usually sell your own. Yeah. So what's in my box right now? So I have two boxes. I have a panfish box and a walleye box. So he wants to know what is what do you use on a regular basis and what presentations or lures do you prefer for the sticks? Is he so? So for example, basin panfish presentation and rod. Bullwhip, five millimeter black widow tungsten in pink with yellow polka dots and a white blood worm or freedom bait trident or one of the long skinny worms. That's pretty much 90% of my go-to. You go to the biggest tungsten? You don't uh, do four? No, because I always fish so deep. The lakes that I fish are, I mean, you're fishing 35 to 45 feet usually. So it's always deep. Okay. Then, How about ledge, ledge crappies? I use a lot of 16th ounce slender spoons for those on a fusion. Okay. Which is usually Tip real. them with larvae? Or like a minnow head. Really? Yeah. I've had oh. real good luck. You get the really small, like uh, little shiner minnows, the crappie minnows, and you just take the heads and pinch them off and you just get a little chunk. That works pretty well. Okay. You're in your shack, you're on the flats on Malax, and you're, you're jigging for walleye daytime. Not Malax. I don't fish Malax much, but a different lake on the on the mud flats. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I usually fish uh, number three jig and wrap and chartreuse, and I, I glow all my jig and wraps. What rod? Uh, I, last year I used a power precision exclusively. I never put it down. I love that rod for that mid, mid-range, five-pound mono. Five-pound mono? Real? Uh, what do I use? It better be what you just sold me, and you told me that this is this is the one that you that I gotta it's get. It's not. It's a one thousand Procyon. Procyon. Yeah. yeah, you don't want that one. That's like seven hundred dollars. It's seventy dollar oh, okay. real, and I clean them and gut them and re-grease them with cold weather grease every year. Okay, so while you're jigging, what's sitting next to you in the rod holder? A uh, dead stick, with usually what I usually use is like a um, one of those perch eyes jigs mm-hmm. with a minnow. So it's like the it looks like a penny. Not a jig spoon. It's a treble hook. Right? But it's a treble hook, but it's like, it's, it's like, I don't know. It looks like Mike Wazowski. Like a, like a, yeah, like, exactly. It looks like, like a Mike. Gemini? Like uh, one of those? No, they look like Mike it looks Luke. like Mike Wazowski from, from Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. That's what I use almost all the time. I like it because every time the minnow turns, it flashes and flickers more than just like a hook. Fathead or Shiner? Shiner's if I can find them. Red tail chubs if I can find them 
more. Where do you hook it? Dorsal fin or tail? Uh, depends on what the... I mean, usually dead sticking, I hook it through the butthole. <laughs> Obviously, you would give an answer like that. I do. Because <laughs> then they, they, they sit there and they like wiggle and the whole yeah, thing. I'm sure wiggles. they're like, this sucks. Yeah. Why'd you do that? <laughs> I don't hook them through the back. People are like, why don't you come through the back? I just hook them through the butthole. Up through. Because then they like, it like holds them up, but they're actually usually angled down or a little bit in front of that. Depends on the size minnow. Okay. So lake trout. Lake trout. Uh, so you're lake trout fishing. I, ca- I carry two rods for lake trout, a 48 and usually a 42 inch rod. And I use a rip and wrap on one an emerald shiner or blue chrome or black chrome. Number seven or number six, depends on the body of water. And then one with a white tube, four inch. LTPs? Yep. Vulcans? I use Vulcans for rip and wraps a little bit more now, but I haven't. Um, I use lighter tubes on those. Spinning reel? Always. Never bait caster. I tried the bait caster route for a little while. That was just, there was so much water everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't shed the water. No, and the rods just, I mean, if you hook into a big fish, I always feel like I'm outgunned with a bait caster. Like it just feels awkward to me. Slough fishing, fishing for perch in South Dakota. Man, I haven't done that in a long time. Usually a fusion. Sometimes a, uh, a noodle, though, because if they get turned finicky, like you get a big cold front, those fish turn so negative. Okay. I, think, I think South Dakota, you can use their eyes still. What about bait. if it's a, a spoon bite for, for well, walleye? Uh, tumbler spoon in pink or green UV or a gold slender spoon. I still like that rod uh, precision. If it's a real light, like a true spoon bite, precision still probably the best one. When do you use the commander? When I actually go to places where I can catch fish that are bigger than 20 inches. So Mille Lacs, I'll use it like in use six pound mono um, or Lake of the Woods. I'll bring it for Lake of the Woods because if you do hook it to a you know decent sized lake, you're not outgunned. What about brook trout sight fishing? You. Maestro. I love using the Maestro. What do you use on that for real? Do you use a spinning I, do you use a spinning reel? Do you no, use I a, use a little tiny little red ones. Nope. I use that cheap some kind of clam spooler that I bought at Reed's five years ago and that's all I ever use. You just use thumb tension? Yeah, I use ice flies with those too. And I usually use one pound mono. All right. It's a whole different world when you use one pound mono. That was I, I love the rapid fire setup and it was still the lengthiest <laughs> <laughs> the lengthiest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And you gave away all of your secrets. I mean, that's... No, there's... I mean, it's not... No, know. not the prime. I have it's not more. super secret. It's I, just, I legitimately probably have 30 rods in those boxes. Yeah. Okay. But the, a lot of them are repeats. Yeah, I mean, the bowl... I mean, we I make used, eight rods. What's what's your go-to, Jenny? Uh... <laughs> do, we need, do we need a rapid fire like, like Dan did? Definitely not, because I am super basic. Literally... Um, I can't even tell you what kind of rod I use. <laughs> Is it usually, do you are usually jigging or are you usually bobber? Bullwhip. I mean, what, what was that? Oh, <laughs> well, I'll have to get a, a custom tuned up. Yeah. Rod. We got to get one in that, that teal. Cause I love that color. Yeah. You could wrap it in teal. I actually have one that's wrapped in teal. I know I wrapped it probably and you bought no, it. No, I wrapped it and you made fun of me. You said it looked like the Miami dolphins. Did you wrap it with orange then? Yeah. Here, here's the I one got- I just got today. Yeah, this is the power precision. Ooh, nice. I mean, I've been using, I don't know. I just have everything, like Mojo from St. Croix, um, Clam. That's a bad word here. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's fine. (laughs) I know. Wow, very nice. But do you prefer to bobber fish or to jig fish? 
To jigfish, yep. Mm-hmm. More active. More yeah, active. I'm definitely more active. And just a tungsten with the minnow, you know, and that's usually my go-to on Mille Lacs. Always does the job. Awesome. Gold, gold tungsten. <laughs> gold is legit. Yeah. I got a couple of widow makers that are like really like gold, gold. They have really sweet jigs. I can't wait to use those. Yeah. As soon as I find ice that I feel comfortable going on. I'm trying to go out Sunday. Yeah, it's only going to be 55 and tornadoes tomorrow. I feel like that's going to be a weird switch for ice having tornadoes. I feel like the guy in Minnetonka got off just in time. The boat? Did you, yeah. Did you see that? Did you see <laughs> that today? I saw that today. <laughs> I can't believe that. Uh, that. Do you know what boat that was, Tommy? Uh, I mean, I saw the picture of it. But that was the sea note. Do you remember that boat? It's dad's favorite boat on Minnetonka. Mm. It used to be parked in Excelsior right next to the, to the, um, to the um, channel into St. Albans. On the back, it's a big sea note. It's the largest boat on the lake, largest private boat on the lake. Dad loved that boat. Crazy. I'm sure Crazy they're story. all over the news, right? I hope so. I hope so. I want to know what the backstory is on that. Like, so the, here's what the story is, because I I was following it all day. So the guy who um, he used he normally contracts with a specific company to get it off the water, and they backed out at the last minute. So he couldn't get it off the water and because he needed to get a special um, custom trailer made for it because it's too big of a boat. And it, they didn't have the trailer done. Today was the first time the trailer was available. So he couldn't get it off the water. It was stuck. But why wouldn't you like stage it closer to where he's going to take it out instead of having to drive it all the way across the lake in, in when it's frozen up? All right. I, there just isn't a place to moor over there. That's that St. Paul or that uh, Spring Park access. There's no there's no major docks there. That's it's a seawall, hmm. and it's the, it's where the sheriff's office is. Yeah, I mean it, it was it was probably a super terrifying experience for that guy. I'm sure he was sweating bullets watching that lake yeah. freeze over. Anyway, it was a crazy story. It was very crazy. Yeah, should we wrap it up, John? I think we should because I'm I'm I don't know what you're talking about. The I mean I understand you saw the, the story. Yeah, I saw the story, but I enjoyed the boat, the sea note. It's one of my favorites. Larry Hansen will know what I'm talking about. I'm sure Larry does. Larry knows everything. I mean, he probably knows the chemistry of the water in Minnetonka. I, I, he does. actually he does. He does. I, I, he, I, not I, probably. He definitely. I, does. I shouldn't ever ask him that either because that will be a three-hour conversation. It'll be good though. Mm-hmm. Be interesting. All about pH levels. Yes. One part fecal matter. <laughs> I don't know if it's even that low. <laughs> that's yeah. ba- that's bald eagle. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> that's three parts. Jenny, we really appreciate you coming in tonight. Where else can we find you besides uh, your website for your book? Sure, yeah. It's Girl of 10,000 Lakes on all of the platforms. All right. Yep. And I'm looking forward to getting the one about hunt, is it 123 hunting and 123 fishing. 123 camping and 123 fishing. And I think there will be hunting. It's just like it's hard to do hunting because I have... Shoot animal dead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that part's hard. And plus the characters are animals. So it's like an animal shooting an animal. It might be a little strange. <laughs> so we got to figure that one out. But. Are they coming out this season, do you think, or will it be... Probably next year. Sure. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I mean, with hunting, it's not... I learned this from hunting with a son. It's not about killing. It's about hunting. No, but I do agree. It would be weird That's to true. have a, a bear shooting a deer. That'd be a, that'd be a weird look. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I would buy that book because it'd be so politically incorrect. Or like a bunny shooting a bear. That'd be even better. That would be Ooh, even better. Like that'd be that. even better. It's like Zootopia. Do they do that in Zootopia? Zootopia is a weird Zootopia show. Zootopia is really all about, yeah. about it. Predator versus prey. Oh, that's what the whole that's movie right. is. Yep. Right. 
All right, let's wrap this up, Tom. Yeah, now Jenny. we've gotten to Zootopia. This is like off topic. <laughs> yeah, we've gone deep. Thank you for being here tonight. <laughs> we really you. appreciate it. John, thank it's you. good to see you again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Tommy, thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely the most awkward ending show. ever. Oh, no. uh, thank you <laughs> for having me. <laughs> I was saying goodbye, but whatever. <laughs> All right, everyone. <clears throat> we'll see you guys next week with another episode. <laughs> Bye.